I'll come clean. It was a bit of a test. On this episode, I'm joined by a writer of the travel and adventure blog, The Meandering Maritimer, Melissa Smith, and her husband slash travel companion, Joel. They're going to talk a bit about some of their adventures, how the blog came to be, and the importance of just getting out there. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Peg and Place Podcast. trip that's been like oh shit this is what everything's been leading up to so far well we haven't done a whole lot of adventures outside of the country yet that last trip in iceland was was pretty amazing even though there were there were times when you're in it that you're just like i'm not having fun right now (laughs) but looking back on it we'll be like that was amazing we were standing in these landscapes that you just can't even they don't even seem real it's like you're standing in a painting just these colorful rhyolite mountains or black sand and green moss as far as you can see we definitely have ideas of things that we want to do for sure i don't think any trip is really perfect there's always something that happens it it never goes the way that you see it in your head but it's always worth it I think. I mean, you have to get over these little hurdles. Mm. They're part of the journey. They're part of the adventure. One place that really did blow me away is um, the Magdalene Islands. Mm. I was about to say that's, that. That's not too far off the coast. I didn't even know much about it till you mentioned oh, yeah. it. Off of PEI. It was amazing. I was like, I'm like not that far from PEI, but this feels like an entirely different place. The white sands. Yes, it was cool. It's really yeah. cool when you go somewhere and it just surprises you like that. I didn't really know what to expect. You can drive from one side of the archipelago to the other in like an hour and a half, I think. It's just amazing because you're driving on sand dunes. Yes, these islands are connected by like very long sand dunes. Yeah, just sand dunes. And all that's on the sand dune is a road. And then all of a sudden you see the next island just starts to reveal itself and it's green Mm -hmm. rolling hills, tiny colorful houses dotted all along the coastline. Yeah, kind of like a Newfoundland with the very bright colored Mm -hmm. painted houses. And then you drive a little way further. Very French. And then... And then you're on the sand dunes again. Yeah. That place was really cool. Uh, we did an amazing hike there. There was no one else around. We were the only ones there. And the hike comes to a point where there's just like red cliff on one side, 100 feet drop to the ocean, 100 feet drop of red sand cliff on the other side. And it just comes to a point. And you can basically hike right to the point. And it's a meadow at the end. Yes, yeah, so so the I, meadow I, looks peaceful and calm and beautiful. Like and then, wildflowers. Yeah, and then on the other side, there's this cliffs and ocean and like chaos. You know what I mean? It's these two, two blends. And we were lucky when we went, it was a little off season and there was no one around. So we just had this... Oh, yeah, I could have, like, I was like, I could just stay here forever. This is amazing. Three colors, green, red, and blue. A lot like PEI in that way, but different because 
all the little islands were connected by sand, basically. So that one was really cool, and I, I wish more Maritimers would go there because it's mm. really not that difficult to get to. It's a five-hour ferry ride. I mean, it's a long ferry ride, but it's not as long as getting to Newfoundland. It's well worth the trip. Mm. They got a microbrew there. It's really good for cyclists, too. We saw a lot of cyclists on it. Yes, yeah, that's well, true. I suppose it would be yeah. terribly big, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could definitely do it uh, easily. Animal. Yeah, well, they would go and do PEI, and then I think they just catch the ferry, and they oh, decide cool. to just cy- to, like to carry on. Camp? Oh, and then there was the, the beach walk that felt like we were in a desert. Remember that one? Yeah, the beaches go on for days. Like, it's just so many, so much beach. Yeah. You could walk for hours, and still, we were trying to get to this point where the archipelago, like the end of the archipelago, basically, and it comes to a point in a beach, just like a sandy point a big huge arc kind of thing and yeah. so we said okay well we'll hike down to the very point and we'll take our picture there at the point and we said we, we've been to you know one tip to the other and we just walked for hours and it just was never getting closer everything looked <laughs> it was, the same it's like we're not we're not gonna make it and my feet were like hurting we didn't bring I had, like, proper footwear we were just i was in my bare feet yeah. um just walking in the sand yeah yeah we we made it almost to the end we didn't quite make it to the, very, to the very tip. We we did, we had to compromise. Yeah, we were running out of food and water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had to turn around. It was getting dark. And it was getting yeah. dark. But we have a couple of ideas of of things that we definitely want to do. We want to see more of our own country for sure. I think it's really important to see the beauty in your own backyard mm. before you travel further abroad. I've seen a lot of the Maritimes, but I have not seen a lot of the the western part of the country so we would really love to do a train tour of the rockies we want to take the rocky mountaineer and then go to jasper and banff national park for sure yeah um you can sort of do like a sort of a circle tour and i've recently kind of got obsessed with this other one in uh Mm. arizona the grand canyon rim to rim hike oh yeah so basically you start at one rim you hike all the way down into the canyon and then there's actually a place to stay in the bottom of the canyon. It's called uh, Phantom Ranch. It's really difficult to get in there. You have to basically enter a lottery. And if you win, you'll get to stay there in 14 months. And then you would hike out the other side. Wow. It looks amazing. Putting in for this lottery like every year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about starting in maybe January to, yeah. to enter it. Um, just to see if if we can even get a spot, like how difficult, like I don't know how long people wait before they actually keep entering until they actually get something. I, I don't know if I'm interested in doing it in the middle of the summer. <laughs> I think we're talking like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So definitely like off season is the way to go. October and November, yeah, March and April, I think is the best time. But uh, right now, these are the two main ones that we have that we're thinking about yeah and of course there's lots of places in uh, the maritimes too that we still want to explore how can people find you well i have a, a facebook group for the meandering maritimer so i post all of my blog posts on there the website is www.themeanderingmaritimer.wordpress.com and i still have maritime love as well and i have a lot of articles on there so if people wanted to go and uh, check that out it's just www.maritimelove.com I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well. I share a lot of photos on Instagram of our adventures. Um, I think that's probably the main place that I share things. Question about traveling with the camera. Do you actually love your 
camera around or do you try to use your cell phone as much or well that's a good question yeah because it's it's a bit tricky because i love my um dslr but it's kind of bulky for for traveling especially when we're hiking and i I did take it to iceland i have a sort of contraption that goes on my backpack it attaches to one of the straps so i can actually just secure the camera onto it so i can have easy access because the thing about hiking with a big camera like that is they usually have it packed in your backpack and you don't feel like stopping and taking off your backpack every time you want to take a photo of something so that just gives me quick access but when the weather is not great I obviously have to pack it away and cover it up and I do find myself using my iPhone a lot for those times it's just re- it is really convenient I mean the iPhone the iPhones then especially the newest versions they take very nice pictures I especially yeah. like the wide angle options I, I take a lot of landscape photography so they're great for that as yeah. well. But there's just some things you want your DSLR for. But I don't often carry my tripod and stuff like that. I opt to usually leave those at home, especially for backpacking trips. If I was like car camping or if, if it wasn't sacrificing too much weight, I could definitely, definitely bring it. And then you can, you know, you can get your really great sunset shots and night shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Things yeah. that you really can't use your your phone camera for uh it's a question for each of you if there's one piece of equipment or your favorite thing that you have to have with you on every trek you go on oh that's a good question what would be one thing that you'd recommend to people one would be like uh merino wool merino wool is awesome it's not as itchy as traditional wool it wicks like wool it does not absorb like cotton and uh, i always thought they were kind of just a fashion statement buffs they're called oh yeah kind of like just a it's just a tube of this fabric but you can do so much with it when when you're out hiking like you can use it almost like a shamog you can cover yourself up or you can just use it it keeps the warmth in your neck you can use it for all sorts of things just keeping the sweat away like you just turn it into a hat i was i was sold on that after the first time i used it on the footpath a really warm sleeping bag (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i don't know i'm just like not very good with cold i'm going to tell this really quick story of being in funny national park Mm -hmm. in the winter time and there's like these cabins they opened up one winter a couple winters ago that you could go and you can stay in well they opened the park up normally the park's not even open during right the okay yeah it was it was the park was open in the winter time for one of the first times so we decided okay this is a great opportunity to go to one of these cabins in the winter and we'll hike out to it we'll stay overnight we got there and there's a little stove so i figured i mean there's a there's a stove there'll be some heat but this cabin was not insulated in any way and it there was a snowstorm the night that we came in. We got we, like, we got in before the snowstorm started. Like a proper blizzard. It wasn't just a storm. <laughs> but the snow was literally like coming in through the cracks between the doors, the cracks in the walls. Like it, there was snow on the floor of the cabin. It didn't melt. And it was not melting. The, the stove wasn't able to keep up. Yeah. So I, I could not sleep all night. I have a really good sleeping bag. It's, it's rated to like minus... 30. Minus minus thirty. It was just too cold. <laughs> it was just too cold. And even my really warm sleeping bag, it just wasn't enough. And the next day we had to hike out of there and we got no tentic the next day. 
which are much warmer. I highly recommend those. The cabins are a little chilly. I'll just say that. But a really good sleeping bag, especially if you're going to do anything in the colder winter months, and, and probably a sleeping bag liner as well, which adds a little bit of extra heat. And you walked up to front of stage More Lenny Bruce and Bruce Lee Said is there a doctor in the house And my hands are all clammy Spines made of rubber I'm less lying than mouse And her makeup was a mess Near tears pitch perfect asked her why she said can't you see it's the way they treat the lions dressed up courageous at the end of the night they're back to the cages and I can't stand it I don't know how to take it and let's take the Take the long way back home And the crowd all applauded And at this fine spectacle A talent, wouldn't you agree? And the flavor of the week The headlines are counted Quite the thing to see And my story was a mess Near tears, pitch perfect I asked her why she said Oh please It's the carnies and townies All dressed up courageous At the end of the night It's back to the cages and I can't stand it, I don't know how you can take it And let's take the long way back home Let's take the long way Best nights of those where the chest is broken open and the heart feels so big it could fit the whole ocean on before they close up. Before we close up, will you dance with me? And we won't call it dancing, just moving and standing together in one. Dressed up courageous at the end of the night We'll pick our own cages and I Can't tell you how long I'm waiting 
Let's take the long, long way back home. And let's take the long, long way back home. Let's take the sum up what it is you love about what you're doing here what do you love about these adventures i don't know if i have the full answer for it i know it's a reason to do something with melissa with my partner something Mm -hmm. we can do together Mm -hmm. and it's a huge game changer if you get to experience something with somebody else Mm -hmm. and share that another would have to be for me there's like a sense of freedom you know Mm -hmm. and a sense of like centering yourself with the world with with your environment Like you get to see things like, especially if you climb a mountain and you get to see where you started. It's just this, it's kind of a special thing. Yeah. So at the same time, there's that solo aspect to it too. Like you're experiencing it within, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a bunch of things for me that I enjoy Mm. about it. I love being off grid. I like being away, being able to be out there and just enjoy what nature has to offer, I guess. I like a lot of the same things that Joel does about it. Actually, when we were on the the hike in Iceland, there was a large group of Australian. And uh, we got to talking one night, and it was our five-year anniversary. That was kind of the reason that we were there. And so we were chatting with them and having a little glass of whiskey. And he said, you're so lucky to have a partner that you can do these things with because his wife wasn't interested in doing these kind of adventures. And he just said, I wish I could do these things with her. But I mean, I understand it's not for everyone. And there's even times that it's not for me when I'm out there. But I always feel good about doing it after. I'm always like, wow, I really, I, I guess I really love the sense of accomplishment that, that you can actually push yourself outside of your boundaries and uh, experience something new. And be like, wow, I, I actually did that. There's there's actually not a whole lot that you really can't do once you decide to take the first step. So I got a question for you, Kaylin. Traditionally, your pagan place has been more of a, a place of uh, music. What made you want to do something with more of a travel or blog? Yeah, initially I, I am about music. Um, yeah. That's just, just part of my, of course, my yeah. person. Kind of like these adventures are, are yours. But I'm also very much of the mind that and this is also the reason why I started with music. Of the mind that people, like you said, just need to do something. Just step forward and start small, but do mm-hmm. something. You know? Yeah, and, just try something new. So, so a lot of my podcasts are people who are, uh, I mean, some of them are musicians that are touring and off there doing their thing. But some of them are just my friend Grant, who's a teacher. But he's just a wonderful musician. He, mm-hmm. loves it. he plays guitar every day, plays it to his kids. His kids are being introduced into music now. Mm-hmm. Um but he doesn't do it professionally. He does it because it's something that he just loves to do. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody needs to find that thing that they... That medium. Yeah, yeah that, that passion. That, that medium yeah. that connects something them. out of yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're painting. I mean, I've had an artist on, right. um, Anthony Bork, and then mm. musicians. There's so parallels in all of it, right? Yeah. It all sort of has a common mm. thread. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Of, of what, you know, just what about, people's passions are. <laughs> A lot of people sum things up in that, like a lot of the guests I have on at some point or another, that's what they say. You just got to step forward and just learn something or just go and do something, but dedicate yourself to 
a little mm-hmm. piece of something that's beyond mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people don't do that. And I think that it's easy to do, depending on what it is. You know, if you're a musician or want to learn guitar, buy a cheap mm-hmm. guitar. Start learning some basic chords and mm-hmm. let it grow from there. Right. Save some money. Buy a new guitar when you get a little bit better. You know, same as a trip. You can take something closer to home. You can go to Rockwood Park. Right, exactly. You don't small. have to travel half the way across the exactly. world in order to really have an experience like and that. Maybe if you have fun at that Rockwood Park trip, go to funding next time. That's right. Or, you know, and maybe yeah. save a little bit of money to go a little further away to something bigger next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all sort of mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. When I started the podcast, I had a little four-track recorder. Mm-hmm. Which is just this little digital machine with two microphones built on it. And that's how I recorded everything. Easy access for me. It was cheap. And then eventually right. you're like, okay, well, I invested in a new laptop. So now I can hook that through a laptop and do the recording on the laptop using the, mm-hmm. the shitty microphone. And it was all the learning process of oh, how, yeah, how figuring out how to do it better yeah. too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you invest in one microphone and then you go buy your second microphone and it just grows from there. And then Yeah. You start small and just yeah, like exactly. step, step by step. And then all of a sudden you're like, you, wow, look at how much I've accomplished here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you have to take that step. Mm-hmm. If you don't take that first step into something, which unfortunately I don't think... I think there's more people don't do it than more people do. Right. They just find a lot of reasons to like not do it. I mean, for a long time, I found a lot of reasons not to write to, you know, start the blog. Um, Their way to justify taking the easy route. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely not the easy route. It is work no matter what it is. Playing guitar, doing a podcast, mm -hmm. writing down your adventures mm-hmm. going on the adventures to write about it yeah it's yeah the not, planning and all of the stuff that goes along with it it's work but it's yeah. but if you do it and you like it and you feel good about the end results and it's a reason to do that work mm-hmm. yeah even if you don't have like hundreds of people even looking at it yeah because i mean exactly. for a lot of times that might not <laughs> that might be the case you know what i mean like you might have nobody reading these things oh, yeah. but but it grows. But then some somebody is gonna it's gonna click for somebody, and then it's gonna click for a few more people, and then all of a sudden you you know as long as you're coming at it from like you know a sincere place, an authentic place, mm. I think people respond to stuff. There's this Mark Twain quote that I really love that I think I have posted on my blog somewhere that uh, travel is is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. And I, I just think that the world would be a better place if people traveled more and had more empathy and compassion for other people because when you travel you you see such different things than what you grew up with and I think it's really important to see how other people live and I think that fosters compassion and empathy for other people I just think it's it's really important to do well thank you for coming on guys thank you thank you it's fun it was fun time can see you struggle with the burden You try to speak, the words catch in your mouth I'm not here to judge or preach a sermon I just want a chance to help you out Take a breath
I'm not one to pray to the Almighty. I put my faith, family, and prayers. I've got time, Lord, I'm gonna use it. Sing no one, tell me how it ends. Take a breath, like you own it. Cast a stone into the sea. Now place your hand in mine And we'll waste a little time You've got everything you need Take a breath Like you own it Cast a stone to the sea Now place your hand in mine Keegan, for a math class, you're listening to the Pagan Place podcast.